What's going on, guys? Peterson's Papers here. Um, I want to do something a little different. I want to do something that I have a huge passion for. I know all my friends do as well. Um, I want to talk Memphis Tigers basketball. Um, the reason I want to get into Memphis Tigers basketball um, is simple. I mean, how successful have the Tigers been over the previous years? Um, you know, guys from other states and, you know, different locations, I think everyone knows about the Memphis Tigers, how athletic and long and tall we've always been. Um, you know, um, when I think about the Tigers, I think about the main person that comes to my mind is Larry Finch. Um, Larry Finch, is, he was close to my um, life when I was growing up. Um, he held a basketball camp every summer, um, you know, multiple times in the summer, like maybe three or four camps. And I went to every single one of those basketball camps and got instruction from like Elliot Perry, um, Anthony, um, Lorenz Wright, um, the names go on and on and on. Like David, um, David Vaughn, one of my favorite players. Um, um, who else? Um, you know, and then you got the famous coach names like Gene Bartow and and Dana Kirk um, and Larry Finch, of course, and then Coach Calipari. But you know, most of you would probably guess that. If y'all were to ask me who my favorite coach was Memphis ever had, I think I think it would be surprising to to you all because most of y'all would say Coach Calipari um, because he brought a lot of success to Memphis when you know um, we desperately needed it. And he brought championships to us, and even though Memphis hasn't won his championship, and, and you know in our minds we've been to the Final Four. We've, we've pr- pretty much won against Kansas. You know, Larry Finch played against one of the most famous big men of all time, uh, Bill Walton, and they, they tragically lost to fucking US, UCLA. Um, so Larry Finch, in my mind, on, and this goes a little beyond um, outside looking in. This is me. Um, having part of my life developed by this man and growing up um, with the tons of respect for Larry Finch and <clears throat> and um, um, all the trainers around like Eddie Kent and Contrell and um, I mean I can tell stories about being at basketball camp uh, at the University of Memphis um, in the 80s or 90s early 90s um, where we got in trouble, we had a guy watch our dorm room because we got caught sneaking out every night. And Larry Finch would came up to our room several times and made us do like 300 push-ups at, at three o'clock in the morning. And he was in his famous uh, coach pant, coach shorts, and he was—he he never wanted to wake that man up. He was always aggravated if you woke him up for nonsense. And we had a lot of nonsense when we were younger. <laughs> Um, but Larry Finch, he was one of those guys, he kind of reminds me, he's a, he's a coach, he's a guy, he's a guy's guy. He, he, um, you know, I was just this little white kid from, uh, Hickory, Hickory Hill, like, lived by the, uh, Hickory Ridge Mall, um, went to Germantown, I mean, not Germantown, went to Ridgeway for my second grade, and then went to, uh, lived in Carville after that, went to Carville. And then, then I grew up kind of in the Germantown area and went to um, Houston High School and all that. Um, but I remember every camp, every year, he always, he always got me away from the camp. And I, I don't remember how, how well I did in these camps. I, I probably was just goofy, tall, lanky little white kid that couldn't fucking dribble. 
but I remember him always telling me he was going to give me a scholarship to play basketball for University of Memphis. The funny story is, um, I was I quit playing basketball probably my junior year to get you know I wanted to gain weight because I was getting a lot of attention playing football. Um, tons of scholarships offers from big time programs to play football, and so I started focusing on. The, the second sport I would say because basketball is my one true love I, I could dunk when I was in sixth grade um, I played every day with my brother and my dad um, I mean I got really really good at my freshman year I was playing with the varsity team uh, for Houston um, I remember one of my friends on here Marcus Moody I remember he played at Overton in number 32 I remember thinking Good God, I was a freshman playing on this, this varsity team, and he was a senior, and this guy scored 52 points. Marcus Moody, 52 points on us. He sh- Every three-pointer he shot was right in the middle of the net. And we had a pretty good team. We had, I mean, we were not great, but we, we had, like, Jack Savage, uh, Chad Magro, um, uh, I think Jamie Savage, uh, Justin Moore, the lead singer of Ingram Hill. He could drain a three. He was our point guard. Um, we had a pretty good team. Vincent Moore. Uh, he's about 6'10", 6'11". Could dunk on anybody. Um, and we did track together. Um, we were a close team. Even though I was a freshman and I was kind of like a... I, w- I was probably just put on the, that team just to, to grow up quickly and hopefully be... Um, you know, learn from these great players that Houston had, those, those great seniors like Jack Savage. Like, he, Jack was, I don't even know how tall Jack is, but I think he's like 6'3", maybe 6'2". But he he was like fucking Mike Tyson down below. Like, he played center. Like, he he could, he was the almost, he was just an incredible basketball player. Um, so was Jamie. And, um, but then you got Chad Magro hitting threes on the outside. He's a 6'3", 6'4", uh, point, or power forward, 6'5". And then you got Justin Moore, Ingram Hills next year. He's a uh, point guard, real quick, um, dribbled a bunch, um, controlled the offense. Um, but if you left him alone, he would just take a three. He would drain it right in front of you. Um, and then you had Vince, Vincent. Um, dunking every time he could down below I mean um, there wasn't too many 6'10 or 6'11 guys back um, what year was that probably 97, 98 um, and but we went to fucking Overton High School and <clears throat> I remember wa- hearing about Marcus Moody um, uh, you know the soon to be Memphis standout but he he was highly recruited as I remember uh, Marcus and I'm not going to talk about him too much because I haven't asked him if it's okay, but I'm just going to kind of tell the obvious. Marcus was, uh, God, I've never seen somebody shoot the ball like he did. Um, Marcus Moody, um, and the funniest thing was last time, I think a buddy of mine told me he was going to buy a club in Memphis, but the last last time I, I, I saw Marcus, uh, but, but before he played at Memphis, <clears throat> um, was uh, Houston at Overton High School. I think it was 98 year. Um, maybe we played them twice. But he literally went down the court and his his jump shot from the three-point range, it wasn't like he stands, you know, on his tippy toes and shoots the ball. He, he jumped probably about six foot high every time and just j- clear over everyone. Even if there wasn't anybody there, it was just a smooth shot he always drained it um but um marcus marcus is one of my favorite players only because i i i got to know him a little bit over social media and maybe a little bit when i was there at memphis i hung out with like um uh, earl baron earl the pearl and um God, these names, these names bring back so many memories. Um, all, all of you guys that played at Memphis, um, you know, that from 2000 to 03, we, we were living in the same dorm. We, we all hung out. Um, uh, but Marcus, Marcus was graduated uh, the year I came in, I believe. But um, 
Marcus, Marcus is one of my Memphis favorite players. And there's a lot of favorite players I have on Memphis. Um, and let me see if I can remember. He he um, he played with. Let me try and think. Omar, Omar Snead, um, Bradford. You know, um, some of you aren't know these names, but. Um, trying to think who was who was the guy that um, it wasn't um, anyways it wasn't the guy I'm thinking about right now it wasn't um, I want to say they were, Marcus's team was the one that beat Kentucky with they had Tayshaun Prince at the time I could be totally wrong but um Yeah, that's when that was his first year. No, his last year. Anyways, um, he was coached by Tick Price. Um, you know, Tick. Good grief! I'd have to ask Marcus, but Tick, uh, I think, went 17 and 12 uh, that year, 97, 98, uh, 12 and 4. They were first in the Conference USA, which you know um, was pretty good, I think, uh, for Memphis. Um, uh, I think they were regular season champions that year. Um, Tick Price was a weird coach to talk about. He, because I think the next, the following year he kind of bummed out. He went 13 and 15. Um, Marcus Moody averaged like 12, 12 and a half points a game. Um, that year they had Kelly Wise, one of my other favorite guys. I hung out with a bunch at, at the dorms in Paris, London. Um, Danny Weaver. Um, I actually I grew up with him um, Kieran Shine Jimmy Hensley um, Dino Daniels like Jimmy Hunter I knew all those guys I spent a lot of time in the dorm rooms with them but um, Marcus was a, always a standout like um, you know he his 99-2000 uh, season that was the team where I thought was my favorite, one of my favorite teams. They had Kelly Wise, Marcus Moody, um, Courtney Trask, um, Sean Foreman, and then Earl Barron, and then Paris London, which he was a beast, um, but he had so much potential. Um, and then uh, Root, one of my favorites, Nathaniel. Um, that team was freaking, they were good. Um, the record wasn't that good. I think they were like 15 and 15, or 15 and 16. They were third in Conference USA. The coach, you guys won't even remember this guy, Johnny Jones. Um, but that was, that's kind of like a building year. And, and Marcus Moody, I, I'm not sure if he got to play under um, John Cover. Yeah, he did. John, He played for John um, 2000, 2001. And, um, I want to say that year, 2000, 2001, they weren't, I mean, they weren't, they weren't bad. They were 21 and 15 probably, and they, they got second that year in the Conference USA, uh, but they weren't like, you know, 21 and, and 0, but I wonder, Marcus, you comment on this, I wonder how, because that was your last year at Memphis when, when, um, that kind of, it seems like it kind of had to be a tough year for um, to gel with um, a very um, big-time coach like Kelly Perry, um, being one of the leading scorers, um, that that would be a question I'd have to ask him, Marcus, um, if he if he enjoyed playing with, um, if he enjoyed that year, or if that kind of messed his um, messed his NBA prospects up. I mean, because you know Kelly Wise and Earl Barron and you had Arthur Barkley that, uh, the following year, uh, the 2002 season. Um, those guys got it. They got another year with, um, with uh, Coach, another gelling season with Coach Calipari. And then in that year, they were 27 and 9, first in the conference, you say. Um, 
those guys, Deshaun Wagner, NBA, Earl Barron, NBA, Antonio Burks, NBA, um, those guys all went to the NBA. And Marcus Moody, I'm not sure how long he played or if he played out in, in the league, but man, that dude, that dude is best, best, best as any basketball player I've ever seen play at Memphis. Um, One of my favorite players, but um, I'll leave him alone. I don't want to bother him. Um, <laughs> sorry if you're listening, Marcus. I love you. you you're one of my favorites. You know that. Uh, uh, one, you, I, I, like, I like y'all so much because I was around you guys, and um, you guys were just y'all were y'all were y'all were big time at Memphis when I was there. So um, you, Kelly Wise, and. Barkley, Root, Nathaniel, love that dude, um, we looked, the football players, we looked up to them, um, you know, they probably just thought we were just idiots making trouble at the dorm room every weekend, but, um, we, uh, we all got along really well, and, um, I've always had a, had a love for basketball, and, and, um, and uh, Marcus is one of my favorite players. Uh, Larry Finch, one of my favorite coaches. Uh, back to my story I was saying earlier, he would tell me all the time that he was going to give me a scholarship to play basketball for him. And you know what that does to a young child that is desperately wanting to be a college basketball player like myself? I went to every one of his camps, sometimes three times a, a summer, um, three camps. They were long camps. They were overnight, week the week-long camps with tough too I mean we learned a lot and you know it was intimidating uh, you got you got all these people coming in from Memphis uh, that are Memphis's best and they wanted to show you know Elliot Perry and Larry Finch and Marcus Moody all these former players they wanted to show Anthony wanted to show you know, they wanted to be Memphis Tigers, and I wanted to be Memphis Tiger basketball player. Never thought about football, to be honest with you. That never crossed my mind. Um, I couldn't even tell you who the coach was then. Um, I know he was recruiting me at the time, but he ended up leaving um, after he gave me a scholarship. But um, I passed up a, to play uh, with uh, Eli Manning at Ole Miss. I, I passed up to stay at Memphis. To, to do that. Eli was a year older, and I would have been playing defense instead of offense. Um, but I got to spend time around Eli and his family. And you talk about impressive. Like, it's not bullshit. I mean, it's, it's, those people are very, they, they, they are who they are. They're impressive people. Very, very kind, humble, very giving of their time. Yeah, very, very appreciative of. Their, their success they're they're thankful for what they had at success wise and they, and they're not they're not they don't think they're better than anybody I mean um, you talk about a family that you know Archie and and um, Miss Miss Manning she yeah, they did a fantastic job with those three boys um, and I passed up playing with that. I mean, I went to dinners with uh, Eli, and I went to dinners. Um, they were recruiting me my junior year hard as heck to play football for them. Coach Roper was their quarterback's coach at the time. I'm sure Eli spent a lot of time with him. But he came to my house and ate dinner with my family. He came to my games and watched all of my games my junior year and my senior year. He wrote me letters personally, like, every day. Like, that was, that was a big deal for me. Ole Miss was my number one place I wanted to go, but I stayed at Memphis um, because I have this deep root, rooted, I don't know how to explain it, but probably at the time I didn't think there was any other place better than Memphis. Um, every time we went on a recruit trip, um, we went to Texas, Texas A&M, wherever, Mississippi State, we always thought, me and any other guy I went with, um, we always thought, man, I don't want to go to this fucking bumfuck, you know, bumblefuck place. Um, we never thought about, you know, I wouldn't say we, I'd say I never thought about anything else about how, what kind of time or how much fun I was going to have there. 
that's how that's why I wasn't successful in college and I didn't end up staying in Memphis because I didn't I was more worried about socializing. Um but that's a whole nother fucking story. But I wanted to talk about <clears throat> Larry Finch. Um, you know, he he's close to my heart. Like um he he wrote me letters when I was a kid. He told me, you know, I was going to do this, I was going to do this. And he told me how how um, great I was as a teammate, as a player. And, you know, um, at the time, I, I thought he was just, you know, doing it just because that was his job. But it wasn't. He, he really, really liked me and my game. He liked my attitude towards Memphis. He liked everything about my family. He met my parents on multiple occasions. Um, the only thing he hated about me was me getting in trouble, you know, when we would, um, <laughs> on our off time. Uh, maybe that's why he liked me, too, because I was the mischievous one. I always got in trouble. Um, you know, we we made it interesting, to say the least, for Larry Finch and some of the guys that had to watch us over the week-long um, summer camps. I remember... <laughs> You know, Davis Carpenter, one of my best friends from um, from um, my teenage years. He, he went to Briarcrest and played played for them football, but he ended up playing at Ole Miss too. His, his dad, Preston Carpenter, played at uh, Green Bay. But Davis and me and a few other guys, Keith Amadeo, and uh, these these names that I grew up, these kids I grew up with. Um, you know, at nighttime, you know, when everybody's supposed to go to bed. We would stay up with our old ass TV that we brought in from our house, and you know we, everything that we brought to that camp, we had, you know we brought it from our homes. So we brought this TV in that you know it was kind of black and white, kind of color. You had to fuck with the knob. But the only channel we could, the only thing we could get every night was like Bonanza. And, uh, <laughs> you know we were young. We were probably like this is this is uh, late '80s early 90s but um, we were kids and and we didn't have any volume on this one TV I remember and we stayed up every night uh, we, we would um, ad lib to Bonanza and just could you imagine if we had video or pl- uh, podcast in I mean we were like saying dirty shit like um, hey my name is Hosh I'm gonna take you over and, and, and I'm gonna hosh you up I mean, stupid, stupid shit like kids do and say, but we would do that every night to entertain ourselves, and then we'd sneak out, and then we'd let the fire extinguishers go, and um, just do fucking stupid shit, like piss, piss Larry Finch off, he always got called somehow, I don't know why, I don't know if it's because he had, he had a personal thing with uh, our group, like, because he loved us, but he, he fucking knew what we were up to, and it was like uh, with Larry when you know on our overnight stays when on these um, basketball camps, they wouldn't call him first. They would call um, I can't remember his name, but he was a white coach. Uh, they would call actually the head trainer. He's he's always been there, but I think he recently retired. But Eddie Cantrell, um, he's Eddie's Eddie's one of those guys. He's very all he's all Memphis. Um, Eddie was one of my favorites. He probably wouldn't believe that, but because he was, he would be a fucking ass hole to your face. Like, but that meant he cared about you, he loved you, and he knew you, you had potential. He he was the biggest giant dick to me. Um, I had his class my freshman year. I remember, um, you know, it was sports, uh, medicine, or whatever. But. Um, I always was scared to go into this fucking class because I was the only athlete in it, and he always fucking targeted and picked on me. I thought he would give me a break, but he fucking made me stand up and talk, and he made me, you know, answer all the questions. He made me do every, like, the total opposite anybody would think about, um, you know, that that persona that college, people, college football players get help from, you know, people do their homework, and, he made it sure that everybody knew that I was a fucking idiot. I had no clue what I was doing in his class. And he wanted to make a joke out of me, you know, if he could. He wanted to see how tough my skin was. And 
and I thought it was fucking, I thought it was terrible at the time, but then I, then I got back, I started doing it back, right back at him, and at first I didn't know why he was acting like that, or where he was coming from, because I was just a kid, I mean, uh, but then I found out, you know, he really, really loves and does that to people that he only really, really, really cares about, and, and uh, um, because, you know, he would tell you sometimes, like, man, did a good job on your test, or a good job, um, you know, even though you're not a fucking great athlete, or a great player, like, so-and-so, um, good job today, man, uh, good, good hustle after getting knocked out by Kamal Shakir across, catching a ball across the middle, break, break my face mask, he would tell me I was a pussy, but then he would say, good job, man, um, way to get back in there, um, just little things like that, but, um, Eddie was always called out first to, um, come round up the kids that stuck out, and he wasn't, he wasn't no pushover, um, we were scared of him, um, but we weren't scared of the consequences, I guess. I think our ultimate goal, you know, was to was to have fun, first off. And then the second thing was to fucking harass the coaches. Not on purpose, but that's what we ended up doing for, I think, the 10 years I went to Larry Finch basketball camps. Um, and it probably got me noticed more so than the other kids. Like, they... <laughs> I dealt with Larry on, on a different kind of level, like doing push-ups at four o'clock in the morning because we were sneaking out of our, our, our dorm room, you know, and knocking on people's doors, waking them up, um, and then having to get caught, having him to get called over from his sleep, uh, because this was the third time that we got out and got caught. Eddie, Eddie said, finally, you know what, I have to tell Larry to come over because he knew that meant uh, it's time to fucking act right. So I knew I knew Larry Finch on a different level. He he would make us hurt after he had to wake up at four o'clock in the morning and deal with these little stupid little fucking kids. He would make us do push-ups until I fucking couldn't see straight. And then and then the next day he would make us do suicides all day long. Like instead of doing drills and learning new things. What we did, we ran fucking suicides all day long. Up down suicides. Um, and then, um, I mean, he made us fucking, he made us fucking just know that, or he, he wanted us not to do that again. But we did it the next night and the next night. And eventually, Larry would be the guy that would be outside of our doors at 3 o'clock in the morning to checking in to see if we were in our beds, if we, were, we snuck out. Like, he, he, he knew what dorm, out of, like, the two or three hundred rooms they had, he knew what room we were in on those blue floors. He knew exactly which place we were at. Um, and he would tuck us in at night. <laughs> he would come to my room every night and, and um, smart aleckly say, um, all right, Mr. Peterson, it's time to get into bed. You need me to tuck you in. You need me to read you the damn story. Um, uh, it's time to go to bed. Lights out. And he would do that to me every night. And whoever was with us at the time. Um, but I, did, I got to know him on a different level. That's why I think he's one of my favorites. Because he's such a genuine, great, great, great guy. Not to say, not to even think about his playing career how impressive he was for Memphis and what he did you know, I'm going to speak Bill Walton's UCL Bruins um, to win a national championship they lost you know barely um, but that was all Larry Finch I mean, he was a star um, and Larry Larry you know he, he he you look at him on his playing days he was skinny skinny uh, black guy and and then when he got older, he was, you know, overweight, kind of, um, big old dude, but, um, same, same attitude, same passion for basketball, um, he loved Memphis Tiger basketball, um, he loved the kids, um, where I was going with that whole story is, um, I've never met Coach Calipari, but I, I have a lot of respect for him, I wish I could have, um, met him and spent some time with him, but, Larry Finch, to me, um, describes Memphis basketball. Uh, Larry Finch, Elliot Perry, um, Anthony Hardaway, 
when I think of Memphis State, Memphis basketball, um, I think of those guys. I think of Marcus Moody. I think of uh, Kelly Wise. Um, Nathaniel Root, you know, even though he didn't play much, you know, whenever he did play, everybody's rooting, you know, literally rooting his ass on and, you know, shoot a three. You know. But those guys, I got to kind of grow up with them uh, and see see their, their work ethic. And, you know, as athletes, they were all so impressive. Um, really, really were. I couldn't have never, I think, played basketball on their level. I mean, they were just impressive, to say the least. And um, I wonder, I, I just wonder for all those Memphis guys that were before, uh, before the Calipari days, uh, before all that success, like, um, you know, when Derrick Rose came in, um, and the, um, all the other guys, Jeremy Hunt, I wonder... Like for Marcus Moody, if you if you if you have the time to comment, or if you ever want to talk to me about this, but uh, man, had y'all had y'all been, you know, had, 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 had say say if Calipari came in y'all's freshman year, uh, Marcus Moody, that'd be ninety seven or ninety six, maybe ninety eight. Yeah, ninety eight, ninety nine. If Calipari came in then. Oh man, I couldn't imagine the type of success Baron, Earl Barron, you know, Kelly Wise, um, Marcus Moody, I, and and what y'all y'all would be y'all. I know I know y'all played in the league, but y'all didn't. Marcus didn't have enough time with Coach Calipari. I don't think. I don't know if that's good or bad, but um, I, it probably was bad for his career towards the end because. Trying to rebuild, you had a leading score. You know, Perry's trying to rebuild his team. He's trying. So, I, I, I wonder what what y'all's thoughts are on that. Um, you know, if y'all ever thought about that or think about that. I mean, I know it's the past, but man, yeah, he, Marcus, you were incredible, incredible athlete, um, incredible man, incredible person, uh, great with the community. Um, we went on several things. I remember, I don't know, maybe not with you, Marcus, but uh, Earl, I remember we did so many trips to St. Jude sometimes, the football guys and the basketball guys. Um, you know, you guys, you guys were really, like, because y'all were only, like, y'all only had, like, 10, 10 or 11 players. And, you know, we on the football team, we had 60 or whatever, you know, different guys coming in every year. Y'all had, like, I had like a small, tight knit group, so I always, always looked up to you guys. Um, but my favorite coach ever for Memphis State, yeah, I said Memphis State. I still have some shirts that say that. Um, would be Larry Finch. Um, now one of my new favorite coaches, um, I would say my second would be Anthony. Um, I think what he brings, the value he brings. I don't. I, I haven't. It sounds like he's, uh, you know, knows basketball. Um, you know, he's a heck of a coach. Um, whether, you know, whether he was a heck of a coach on the high school level, uh, but the thing about Amphrey is, is he he's, he's younger. He, uh, you know, he has the intensity like um, like a Calipari, or he has that. He has that desire like a Calipari, but then he has that play, like that, that fucking, um, you know, he played with Shaq, and Amperty was probably one of the biggest, 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 uh, injury, um, uh, misfortunate thing, like, he was probably one of the best basketball players on the planet, um, you know, he could have been the next Michael Jordan. That's how, I mean, he, he like, comparable to the guys today, he was like, um, I would say he was like your uh, Giannis. Uh, he was like Giannis, uh, but he was he was smaller, sleeker. He could dribble and shoot better. He, he was, he's like, um, he's just uncomparable. Like, he was Penny fucking Hardaway. Um, that led Shaq to a lot of fucking championships. And 
relationship those two had, like, and they were brothers at one point, and then they hate each other, and then uh, they win championships together, um, and they're worried about who's going to be the star, and, you know, who's scoring that much. Penny, Penny came from Memphis. He was a freaking, he was one of a kind, I think. I can't compare him to any other basketball player. That's how I feel about Penny Hardaway. Um, Elliot Perry, I feel the same way. I think Elliot Perry was raw. I think he was, you know, not as hyped up or not as famous as Penny, but uh, Elliot Perry's worth it, work ethic um, was how he became such a good player. I mean, he took charges, and he wasn't the greatest player at the points, but he he outworked everybody. Um, that's what I think about when I think about Elliot Perry. Um, Marcus Moody, I think of him draining the fucking three from uh, far corner. Um, his just sleek uh, skills on uh, handling the ball. Like he's a tall dude, six five, six six, six seven maybe, but just had the fucking the, the dribble, like the skills to handle and uh, just drop a fucking three at half court if he wanted to. Um, Kelly Wise was a fucking outstanding uh, center. Uh, he wasn't wasn't awkward at all. Um, he was he was fancy down there down below the goal. Um, Earl Earl Barron and I'm not hating on you, Ben, because I love you. You played fucking I think the longest in the NBA. Uh, but Earl starting out because Earl was so tall. Earl was like seven seven one, um, seven foot two. I mean, in very very in shape, very skinny. Like he has like the runner's body. Like he he runs right now to this day, but. Um, Earl was kind of like, you know, he, he was like, I guess when he first started out, he, everybody like him probably thought he was awkward or whatever, but he, it's not him being awkward. It's just, he was seven foot fucking tall and he was a freshman and playing with big old, big old men down below. Like, man, Kelly, Kelly was a big, Kelly was big, but Kelly Wise was, he was a more tough, like, I'd say more like a, a Charles Barkley-ish, like, down below. He was very, very aggressive. And, um, Earl kind of, Earl would just, Earl had freaking, he had a shot that I always remember. Like, he would drop back and just jump over everyone and, and do a, hit a three on, or not, hit a little small um, bank shot or whatever. Um, or he would dunk on somebody, but... Um, Earl was probably one of my favorite guys. Uh, very, very, very um, hard worker. Uh, kind of always been quiet. Maybe not so quiet. Maybe quiet around um, me. But um, I just remember him and I and a few other guys, Nathaniel, maybe Root, and then my roommate. Um, God, what's his name? I love, love the guy. Um, Anyways, they were best buddies, but I remember Earl. <laughs> we were dancing with some girls at Alfred, some some young college white girls, like like small white girls. They were probably like five three, five five, or whatever. Earl Barron is dancing with this one small white girl. She comes almost to his waistband, <laughs> and I just remember looking at him dancing at Alfred's and looking up and going, because I I always felt small when I was around Earl, um, like. My head was underneath his shoulders, and I'm 6'6", six, six, and I was like 285 at the time, just a big man. Earl towered over me, though. Um, I felt small around him, even though I was large, but um, he was one of my favorite guys because he just, you know, he still is. Like, he, the smile he has, it's just so contagious, and everybody wanted to be around him. Uh, and... You know, that's what I love about, this is my takeaway from, you know, discussing these old Memphis teams and, you know, the players and how fortunate I was to know some of these dudes and still know some of these guys. Um, You know, um, that's really, really, when when I talked about Eli earlier, like, I'd rather have this story about knowing these guys and spending time with them and, you know, a place that I'm from and I've always been... Um, had much love for a place I've always wanted to play basketball Memphis State um, I, I mean I couldn't ask for a better story line uh, for my life 
uh, to start uh, my, my adult life and start learning how to be, you know, make decisions on my own and fuck up. But um, and these are some of the guys I was around, and, and they, they, they were very successful basketball players. Uh, they're going through their own shit, but um, I, that's what I love about Memphis, um, and that's why it's so close to my heart. Uh, I will always be a Memphis Tiger. You know, I hope that if any of you guys are listening, you Memphis guys, Marcus, um, you know, um, anybody that I didn't mention, um, you know, Arthur Barkley, you guys, y'all, y'all, y'all are my boys, you still are, and um, when I think about Memphis basketball, I think about you guys more so than I do, like, the more famous name, like Calipari and stuff like that, but um, you guys, you guys, you uh, guys were fun, the group to be around, like Kelly Wise and all that, you, you guys were awesome, and um, I thank you guys for all the memories that we have uh, together, you guys probably don't remember me that well, but, um, you know, I joke about uh, things that we did, um, uh, I looked up to you guys, still do, um, and I'm glad to know you, know you guys, um, and, um, and I just want to say that um, your your basketball careers, as great as they were, y'all's y'all's personal lives and y'all's family lives look even better. So I'm proud to know y'all. Um, I'm proud to uh, say that we were all there around the same time. You know, and uh, I'm proud to know that um, you guys had that same same want and desire I did at one point to be a Memphis Tiger um, but um, getting back to Larry Finch and, um, and I'll close out pretty soon on this because I could go on forever about this but Larry Finch the last time I, I saw him I think was my it was either my 8th grade or freshman year of high school and um, you know I went to camp with his son his son ended up becoming a Memphis police officer. I don't know if he's still doing that. I, I tried to reach out to him years ago, but um, to say, you know, give him my, uh, give him just to try and console him somehow and give him some kind of, um, you know, I said something nice about his what his father meant to me and meant to my family and you know Memphis basketball uh, uh, after Finch passed away, um, but. He, Larry Finch will always be in my heart, and and more so, even more so now, because of the time I got to spend with him and what he said to me, and you know, what he what he brought to Memphis, um, not only as a coach, but as a as a mentor, as a role model. Um, you know, he was he was um, he was a pretty uh, famous person in Memphis. You know. Um, and he, he treated us just like, you know, one of his players. And uh, I'll always remember that about him. And I always remember the candid times we had together. And, um, uh, I know he's probably listening down, you know, up above. And I will always think about Larry Finch first when I think about uh, Memphis basketball. And, um, and then um, Penny Harway, one of the most probably one of the most uh, famous Memphis basketball players um, I think most uh, and successful even though he got he got hurt too I think um, but Penny if you're listening man I'd love to interview you because I, we've met a few times um, years ago um, at the camps but um, man I'd love to just talk to you about Larry Finch um, I'd love to talk to you about Ellie Perry Larry Finch love to talk to about just your your college days and, and what you did before you were at Memphis State and I mean I know all that but I, I'd love to just talk to you about that and um, I'm gonna give you a challenge if you do that I promise you I promise you I will work my tail off to to get some uh, donations or whatever to St. Jude or, or whatever I know to Memphis basketball um I know I'm a nobody in this industry, in this world, this podcast, but I'm a Memphis Tiger. And um, so, Anthony Hardway, if you're listening, bud, um, I'm 
big time respect for you um, as a coach and a player. Um, I'd love to get a quick interview uh, and let's talk about Larry Finch and, and talk about uh, Memphis State and then um, and talk you know talk about your current player. Like I'd love to just pick pick your brain for 20 minutes or 10 minutes, um, but. Uh, I know that's probably not going to happen, but I said it, what can happen? I mean, the only thing that can happen is not it won't happen, so uh, no pressure, Penny. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, um, Larry Finch, Penny, um, those are my two when I think about Memphis State, Memphis Tigers, and then there's a lot of people that think Keith Lee, you know, that he was a heck of an athlete. And then you got um, Dana, um, Dana Kurt, and Gene Bartow as a coach. Um, I mean, you got so much history there. And I haven't even mentioned Calipari yet. I mean, I have, but I mean, and then you got Jeremy, you know, I remember Jeremy Hunt's team. Jeremy is a friend of mine on Facebook. Jeremy played with Darius Washington, one of my favorite players, Rodney Carney, um, Anthony Rice, uh, Dorsey. My favorites, big boy, um, Arthur Barkley. Uh, uh, he played with a bunch of bunch of people. I, I, I knew his friends and still do know. Um, so, um, man, I can talk all day about Memphis basketball, but um, you know, as the years go up and up and up, the you know, the, with especially in Cal Perry early days, like you know. 2005, 2006 season. I remember they had uh, they have they had uh, Antonio Dorsey, and then they got Chris Douglas Robbins, and then they had Darius. And they were that, they were pretty close to being that national championship team. Um, I forgot they lost to Texas that year, but um, they went 33 and 4 the 2005, 2006. Very impressive. Um, the next year, the 06 07, they went 33 and 4, 16 and 0 in the Conference USA first. Um, they had, um, who'd they lose? They had um, Jeremy Hunt, that was, no, he still was on. They had Roberts, Hunt, Dozier, Dorsey, and Anderson. They had Donnell Mack, Willie Kemp, Andre Allen, um, Pierre Niles, I remember that. He was a big, big old boy. And then they had the Chance McGrady. Wow. I haven't thought about that guy in forever. Chance McGrady. Tracy McGrady's little brother, I want to say. Um, maybe not. I remember all the hype about him, but he didn't do so, so well. Chance McGrady, man. That name. That's so crazy. I just thought that. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, 06, 07, they go, they're, you know, 16 and 0. And, I mean, that's when Memphis started getting insane on basketball. You know, these guys, I'm talking about like Marcus Moody, um, uh, Earl, Earl Barron, Barkley, um, some of these guys I'm friends with. You know, I, I wanted to ask them, pick their brains about, you know, did they feel like they missed out on the whole um, championship um, John Calipari year? Because, but, you know, Kelly Wise and all them, they were going through, like, a bunch of change. They, they were going through big-time coaching changes. Um, and they, they got a year of Calipari. But, you know, the 08, 07 team, they, they set – they were the, the, the um, you know, Calipari didn't know it at the time, but they were the – um, they were the um, what's a good word? They were the the template, or they they were the mold um, to make uh, these teams from like 06, 07, 08. Um, even though Coach Kyle Perry is a hell of a coach, those guys made uh, Memphis th- those those teams that way. I think they were the mold for that. Um, had they not had those players, I think it would have been a, a lot different. I think it would have taken a lot longer for Calipari to be successful. Those guys were seniors when Calipari first came in, like Marcus Moody and Kelly Wise. They they set the tone of um, you know what it what it's what Memphis State or Memphis Tigers. They set the tone of, of 
what they expected as a tiger, and they they were a big part of uh, Calipari's success, even though they weren't on any of the teams. That's my own belief. It could be nonsense. Like you guys, I don't I don't talk sports a lot. I love them, but um, I love I'm fanatic about Memphis Tiger basketball. So. Um, um, I'm trying to think when we went from the conference you say um, <clears throat> that didn't happen until uh, 13 but, um, yeah we didn't start winning we didn't start getting into 30, 33 point uh, 30, 33 season win column like you know like 33 and 4 33 and 4 38 and 2 33 and 4 that was from 05 to, you know, uh, I want to say the last 08, 09, we were 33 and 4. Um, we, we were down in the fucking 15, 13, 13 15 and 16, 13, 15, 13. Uh, we weren't in the 30, you know, the high 30s of wind calms every year um, until Cal Perry. Um, I mean, um, say our win, most winningest season ever was probably the 0708 was 38 and 2 and that was the freaking year that broke everyone's heart um, was that the year we lost yeah I think that was the year we lost to um, Kansas <laughs> we were up by 100 points pretty much and and they took you know they took that that final four appearance away from us but Everybody knows that we we were national champions that year. We should have won that fucking game. Um, God, we should have won that game. Um, but I was living in Montana at the time, and that motherfucker that hurt hard. That that one was sore. You talk about me being butt hurt and being fucking a little fucking fourteen year old girl crying. That was fucking tough. Kansas beat us seventy five to sixty eight. In, um, I want to say in overtime because I think we were up like 15 at one point with like two minutes to go. And I mean, people in Montana were like, Yeah, man, congrats. Y'all won. I'll beat Kansas. And I was like, Oh my God, this is the most amazing thing ever. And I couldn't imagine what Derrick Rose, Antonio Anderson, Robert Dozier, Donnell Mack, Joey Dorsey, Sean Taggart, Willie Kim. Allen, Robinson, Pierre, um, Chance, um, Chris Douglas, Roberts. I couldn't imagine the fucking pain those guys went through losing that game. Don't, not even mention fucking getting that game taken away from us years later, but could you imagine as a Memphis, just being a Memphis fan, how painful that game was? Like how long that fucking hurt? That one hurt for a long time. I, I mean, I was a Memphis football player. Um, earlier, but that fucking hurt so hard. I just can't imagine those guys. Um, you know the fucking pain those guys still think about. Still to this day, the first, they could have been the first fucking national champions at Memphis State University, Memphis. Um, but in my mind, they were. They they won a national championship. It was just a crazy fucking thing that happened. Um, but. I want to say that was probably one of our, that team, and then, you know, um, um, I want to say that team and Larry Finch's team when they almost beat uh, Bill Walton and the Bruins, I think the Bruins were fucking undefeated, um, won the national championship, um, I think those were one of two of our best teams um, we've ever had, um, and then of course you get the Keith Lee teams, um, but as far as stretches winning wise, uh, this Calipari uh, is hard to beat. Um, but my favorite, I think my, I think my coach, if I picked anybody, would be Coach Finch. And, um, coach Finch, a funny story about him. Um, he used to always get me to work on my free throws. I'll always remember this about him, and I always was like, why? I mean, I knew I was a big kid. You know, big guys have a tough time, a tougher time 
from shooting the free throws, but it wasn't because I was a, a sinner or whatever. Not I wasn't. I was terrible at shooting free throws. It was because it was that was his favorite thing to do. Was, he was. A lot of people probably don't know this, but he was. He still is the number one uh, free throw person at Memphis. I think 72 season. Um, he had 200, 209 total free throws that season, and he's still number one. Elliot Williams, number three, and Elliot Perry is number four. Um, but he, Larry's number six on the list. Um, and there's some pretty impressive names behind him. There's uh, Sean Wagner, Chris Douglas, and then Anthony Hardaway, number nine. And then Shaq Goodwin. Um, but you know what that means? Is That means he was aggressive. He took the ball to the hole. He didn't fucking just dick around and shoot three-pointers or whatever, but he was like, he, he was like that Derrick Rose. He charged the basketball and just shot me. But he would always have me shoot free throws at his camps, like, re- religiously. And we had fun doing it. Um, um, one of my other favorite memories about uh, Larry Lynch, um, he, he, um, he has all the, he has a bunch of records, but, um, the, the, the stories he would tell me about, not even about being a basketball player, but being a, like a good person, he always was that way with the kids, and, you know, I, I just feel so lucky, and if I could stress anything to anybody out that's listening to this shithole show um, about my favorite team and who my favorite players are, and, yeah, I hope you guys aren't bored to death, but um, these guys, these are the people that kind of molded my life and my thinking. Like, like these are like the guys, you know, if I went into war, these, these are the guys I would be in, the guys I played football with in high school. You know, these guys, these basketball players, these coaches, like, I learned a lot about growing up being around these people. You know, especially Larry Finch. He taught me a lot as a young, young kid how to be, you know, not only my parents instilling that. Larry Finch, he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to be, teach me about compassion, um, being respectful. And, um, that was his number one thing, I think, in camps was free throws and, and, and uh, being a good person. So, I feel just so blessed, and I just want to give a big shout-out to, you know, all my buddies that played at Memphis, um, Marcus, Moody, um, you guys, you guys helped, um, and, and it might not mean, mean something to everybody else, but you guys, all, like, y'all, y'all always will be a part of, of how I think and how I treat people, that's, that's real talk. Um, my, my number one takeaway from knowing you guys and being a Memphis Tiger is um, learning respect and learning how to, you know, um, be compassionate and uh, be a hard worker and, um, and, and um, be nice to people. I mean, and, and just be impressive athletes are just incredible. Um, so I, I feel lucky to have gotten a little touch of, of all of Memphis. Um, I couldn't say, I mean, I couldn't say, um, I, I couldn't say I'd love, I, I should have went to any other school, um, I'll always be a Memphis Tiger, and I just want to thank all of you guys that, um, have ever been in my life, or still are, and I want to thank you guys for always, um, for always just being just real people, real dudes, and, um, just teaching, you know, just teaching, teaching me, younger guys, you know, just great role models, y'all are fantastic role models, um, so, anyways, um, very finished, one of my favorites, uh, Marcus, he was always one of my favorites too, um, Penny, man, um, Memphis Tigers, um, I'm excited about this season, um, I don't even know anything about it because of the whole COVID, but, um, if you guys have any thoughts, um, Anything I said, you know, y'all, y'all don't be afraid to comment below. Tell me, tell me who y'all's Memphis, your best Memphis basketball memory is or was. Um, 
I know all of you guys, my friends on here, have one because y'all are all huge Memphis basketball fans. So um, leave a comment and, uh, and tell me tell me who your favorite player was and uh, any of the players. If y'all want to chime in on, on um, or if y'all want to call in and 